The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you're in the 06010. Week five, we in here. What was that, Matthew Berry? Wait, what was that? That was my intro. No, but we in here. What was that? <clears throat> that was like, we in here is in like, we're like, here to get it sort of like. Was that some sort of attempt to be like cool and hip and like you know relate to the kids? It was. So you know what I'm going to do, Matthew? What's that? <clears throat> I'm going to allow you the opportunity to retort with your own attempt to be cool and hip. I don't attempt to do that. You know why? I stay in my lane. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. I think my coolness. I think my hipness, my coolness is because I sort of, I know who I am, right? You know, I'm comfortable in my own skin. You are? I, who are you? I, what do you mean, who am I? Who are you? I'm, like, how would you define yourself as you're sitting here trying to work to get your IFB plugged in? Yeah, exactly. Riveting, yeah, streaming, podcasting. <laughs> I'll say this. Oh, my gosh. What's going on here? There's nothing. I wish yeah, everyone I would, could see uh, the video I would describe myself as, uh, as a man of the people. Oh, yeah? You know, as, uh, as the people's favorite. As kind of a as a guy that is beloved by the masses. Now, now define what do you mean when you say people's favorite. Like which people are you referring to? When we say favorite, do you actually anyone mean favorite? That listens to the, anyone like that relative listens to, to the show? Who? Like are they are they they like you more than me? Are they like yes. you more than the mass? Like than yes. everybody? Do they like yes. you more than Stefania? Yes. Do they like you more than Scott Van Pelt? Do they yes. like you more well, than Rachel Nichols? Eh. Okay, it's mostly it's mostly just Sorry, me loosely Stefania. defined yeah, amongst loosely me, defined. Stefania, and you. Among the, you among are the, the favorite, ES, among the, the ESPN people. fantasy. All right, staff. here's what we're doing on our Twitter handle at Fantasy yeah. Focus. We're putting out a poll that says, "Is Matthew Barry the people's favorite? Yes or no?" Wow. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I've got nothing else. I like. There's literally nothing else it's that I've point. got. Yeah. I mean, like, it's just like it's not like well, well, we, we he's he's kind of a jerk, but we think he's really handsome. Like, it ain't that. Right, you, you know, you dress like, really well now. I'm getting there. You've stepped your game up. I've tried to. I've Tailored tried clothing. to, but like, You're looking look, sharp. Yeah. No, listen, I like, yeah. That's the people's champ is all I've got. It's okay. really, it's really all I've got. The made. people's champ, and you know what's better than being the people? All right, I guess what's worse than being the people's champ? What's that? Being a Bengals fan. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National Football League. This is the instant replay. I have a story and a question. Yes, sir. So I had three fantasy matchups hanging in the balance going into Monday night. Okay. All right. One of them was probably the ugliest pillow fight ever between myself and Jeremy Lundblad, who works on the television show and yes. is part of the Dynasty League. That is that is correct. Remember, he this is, uh, is an ex- he's the producer of the fantasy show on yep. ESPN Plus. Expanded rosters, so scores tend to be higher in this league than lower. Correct. I was down eighty three point eight to like sixty two point one. Like that's an abomination. Like right. my team, like Odell, I lost. In, I lost in that league at one hundred and twenty points. Right. So I had Odell, Edelman, Kittle was on a buy. Brady had a tough week. He's one of my off. He's my offensive player. So it was a tough week. Yeah. James Conner saved me though. James Conner. It's a, it's me a super flex league. It's just, by the way, yes. it's a super flex league. It's a dynasty league. It's a twelve team. Right. Yeah. So there are a lot of players. Twenty five man rosters. Yep. James Conner. So that one ended up working out in my favor. Sure. But the other two matchups were predicated upon Andy Dalton and and uh, Joe Mixon in one league, and then Joe Mixon and Tyler Boyd in the other league. In both cases, those two players came up short for my opponents. So did the like? Did we have a reverse bone last night for the Bengals? What do we call this? How do we classify that? Because I guess they got boned. They got what boned. That? What happened to me? Uh, you got unboned. Okay. You got unboned. Like you, look, here's the thing. When you count on the Bengals, they bone you. 
but you weren't counting on the Bengals. So I, but somebody I kind else of was. Okay. You were counting on the Bengals to bone their opponent. So I mean, I guess if that's the, I mean, like if, <laughs> if that's one thing they can do, they bone you. Everyone knows this. Like I can't tell you how many times, like when we do live events, yeah. when you and I go out out on the road, when we hit the road and we take the O six O one O live, we the people, people's favorites. That's what we do. This is what we do. Um, it would certainly, by the way, if the reaction to the crowd is any any indication, I'm the people's favorite. Oh Fair? come on, give Secret me a scroll. break. Fair. Daniel might be actually. Uh, actually, that you know what you Daniel actually, has some right. secret. People swab love people love him. Secret yeah. Squirrel. Yeah. That's true. It's not Secret Squirrel. It's Secret Star. Is what it is. People love Daniel. Look at how humble you know what? That's he is actually right true. I may have to. I may have to renounce my People's Champ. Oh, I, People's Champ just compared to you. Literally, I think it's just that. I think it's just Field and Stefania. I think you're the people's runner-up. Nothing wrong with there that. There you go. Yeah, there you're you the go. people's runner-up. <laughs> the, people. the people's runner-up is great. Yeah, actually. I like that. I'm the people's runner-up. The people's Matthew. handcuff. You don't do a lot of running. You're just the a people's handcuff. Up. That's yeah. what it is. The, yeah. the 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 people's like. I guess he'll do. Yeah. You know, like could you know, be worse. Right. Like I'm like their um uh, consolation I'm, prize. Yeah. Their safety school. Yeah. That's what I am. And they're like I'm their safety school. I'm their safety host. They're like eh, that's fine. All right. So um. So anyway, yes, when we go out on the road to, and we take the 06010 uh, live, I cannot tell you there in every crowd there's always multiple Bengals fans. Right. I Somehow don't, I don't they're they're across that. the country, but I mean, you know, whether it's Baltimore, whether it's New York, whether it is Baltimore, wherever we go. Detroit. I was going to say, sorry, man, sorry. Go I, Baltimore, I'm to New York. I couldn't Baltimore. remember where we went. Baltimore, New York. Or Baltimore, Baltimore, Maryland, whether we're in Baltimore. 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 Right. <laughs> I always get people that come up to me or I, you know, I'll meet people at events or whatever. They come up, they recognize me and they'll come up and they say, you know what? I'm a Bengals fan and you're so right. All they do is bone you. Yeah. They boned last night. I mean, again. on national television, they kind of boned ESPN. I know. <laughs> given how bad they were. Honestly, it was a, it was a tough, tough game. But I, you know, but, but I, but, but I would argue watch. in your scenario, just to answer your question is I believe they boned the people that were playing against you. Okay. Cause they, those people they were counting on the Bengals to beat you. And they were not able to. And what was a great matchup. Right. It's been like amazing matchup for Tyler Boyd. The Steelers have been awful against the slot this year. Awful, miserable, dismal. Tyler Boyd, three catches, 33 yards. Phil Mixon against a soft Steelers defense. Had 15 carries for 62 yards. That's fine. This is the fun part, Matthew. He had four catches for one yard. Four for one. That's hard to do. It's hard to travel .25 yards. Per catch. That's like, that's nine, it's less than a foot. Like Joe Mixon's footstep is literally larger than the distance gained on each of his four catches last night. So the Bengals disappointed in a massive way. Joe Mixon, Tyler Boyd, John Rosk had three catches. Andy Dalton had 3.6 fantasy points. They have a very good matchup coming up, Matthew. Very, very good matchup coming up against the Cardinals. My initial ranks had Andy Dalton and maybe even a couple of sleepers for the Bengals, up higher than I normally would have them in my weekly rankings. Andy Dalton specifically, how could you, I don't care who the matchup is, how could you say with confidence, you know something, I'm throwing Andy Dalton into my lineup against the Cardinals this Sunday. Sounds good to me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't sound good. If you watch the game, it sounds terrible. How could you trust any Bengal right now? Uh, trust is a strong word. Right. Field Yates is, is what You're I would say. You're looking for something. I'm looking, I'm looking, I have notes on the Bengals somewhere that I, I made some notes before the show and I can't figure out where I put them. Okay. I'm looking through my. Are they right there? No, no, those are my Steelers notes. Okay. Actually, so I'm looking through them and I have notes on your, the free agent finds that are coming up. So I'm sitting here and I don't have it on I bet my, you in threw my them thing. away. I'll you bet you Statterpillar took him when he left after the show meeting. Maybe. 
Anyway, so I'll just... Just look, what was the gist of them? That they the, stink? The, yeah, look, here's the thing. They're bad against... They're bad against uh, in Monday Night Football. Like Andy Dalton, if you look at the number, if you look at the numbers, you look at the numbers in primetime games for Andy Dalton on the road. Yeah, in primetime games, they're brutal. And so Andy Dalton, who I want to say off the top of my head is top five in the NFL in passing yards, even with last night's brutal performance. Wow, that's that's scary. But I believe but that's probably correct. True. It's probably true, but it's scary. Thirsty Kyle, it's probably true, look it up. but it's scary in any event. Yes, giving. Um, I do think he's a vi- – I'm curious if he makes your waiver wire come because he is available in you know probably about 80% of leagues. He is playing Arizona. He's sixth in passing yards. Thirsty yeah. Kyle. All right, there you go. He's sixth. Sixth, yeah. The Red Rifle. He even Look, boned you on the staff right there. The, yeah, exactly. Moaned me on the staff. It's, I have a bone, by the way, for people watching you know live something, Matthew? On, the, on the Twitter and the YouTube you know and all that. Matthew? Mm-hmm. No, he did not make the waiver wire column for a weekly, weekly, week five quarterback that for two reasons. One – the two quarterbacks on the bye this week are Matthew Stafford and Josh Rosen. So Fair. you're not filling in necessarily for one of those two guys. Two, if you look at some of the most dominant defenses right now in the NFL, the teams that they're playing are not elite quarterbacks either, right? So, for example, you're not sitting your quarterback against the Bears because the Bears are playing Derek Carr. Right. You're not sitting your quarterback against the Patriots because the Patriots are playing the Redskins. Right. So there are some matchups this week. So the 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 the, the elite defenses where you would normally sit a quarterback, you're not you worried about it because you're league. not playing those guys unless you're in a two quarterback league, you're a deep league, right. whatever. Or in which case, the quarterback you may is not so have an option that like you can't like I'm not benching Deshaun Watson even against the Jaguars, who have not been right. as good defensively right. this year. This is that all is correct. part of the that's part yep. of the thinking. And then also Matthew, like, uh, why would we trust them? Why like I just. Again, the trust offensive is a, lines is again, trust is a strong word. Although I, I just here's the thing. Chandler Jones I can't believe I can't believe I'm, sacks on this Sunday. is what sucks. I'm actually in a position where I'm about to defend Andy Dalton ooh, and the Bengals. Ooh, are we recording right now or no? I just it was a bad performance. There's no way around it. Like they just stunk. Yeah. Like like they ran into a they ran into a, <laughs> they ran into a desperate team on the road. And yeah. look, the Red Rifle, he always he's brutal on the road in prime time. He just is. He always is. Right? Or for the most part, he, the majority of the time he is. So, look, there's concerns about that offensive line. There still are. But here's a guy that is passing at a very high rate in a in a, in a good matchup. They're going to be 0-4. I do think Andy Dalton, I haven't done my rankings yet. I haven't done my rankings yet for the week, right? Yeah, they'll, be, they'll be out a little bit later today. Yeah. But um, my suspicion is that Andy Dalton, when all is said and done, will be a top 20 play for me this week. He, he is be, for me as well. Right, okay. In part because, you know, by dint of the fact that just that there's, yeah. you know, there's only so many quarterbacks. I think I have him at 18, though, this week. Whereas, I'll, probably like, have my, I'll probably have him a little bit higher than that, but I'll just say, like, I think he's going to be a viable, cheap DFS tournament play. Uh, I think, I guess we're spending too much time on Andy Dalton because who really cares? But I'm just going to say is I bet you he has a good game against Arizona. This okay. is what Andy Dalton does. This is why the Bengals bone you. This is right. why they drive you crazy is because you're like, you see a game like that. You see it on national television. You're like, I'm out. This is awful. I'm out. And then, and then you look up in four weeks, and you're like, oh, they put up huge numbers. Like it's just because they're going to be in blowouts. They're going to be throwing again. For as bad as the Bengals have been, and they're zero and four, he's sixth in passing yards, and then it's without AJ Green. Now, I think there's a couple of interesting things here that happened uh, last night. And well, let's move off Andy Dalton and let's talk about Mixon and Tyler Boyd. Okay, what is your level of confidence with these two players going forward? Because these guys are fantasy stalwarts. These guys are no-brainer, start-em-every-week guys. Have you changed your opinion on either one of these guys after last night? No. Here's the reason why. For Joe okay. Mixon, I had him. We, we all sort of evaluated him as somewhere between the 10th and about 15th best running back weekly going uh, going into the season, right? 
maybe the optimistic view is he could be a top 10 play, but more reasonably, he was a 10 to 15 level player at the running back. Tw- I think his ADP was probably in the 10 to 12 range. Okay. Or eight, actually, 8 to 12. I saw Mixon going high sure. okay, fine. at some point. He As as the preseason went on and more and more concerns about his, the offensive line came out, he started to drop a little bit. But he Fair. was in the 8 to 12 range overall, I would would be my argument. That would being be my said, belief. That being said, running back depth is terrible. So I still have Joe Mixon as a weekly top 20 or so play. As for Tyler Boyd, Matthew, I chalked last night up to, again, just a game that got away from the Bengals, much more than anything else. Like, I still believe in Tyler Boyd, the player, and he probably could have had more opportunities last night. Like, that was just, it was just ugly. So I'm actually pretty steadfast in my belief in both of those players. Tyler Boyd will be a top 25 play in most weeks for me, and Joe Mixon will continue to be a top 20 running back play for me. I'm nervous about Joe Nick, Joe Mixon. Okay. So, look, I mean, you know, ran fine, you know, 15 for 62, 4.1, and, and a pretty good matchup here. He, you know, he caught four balls, one yard, but whatever. He got you four, four cheap points here, and you know. But I will Average tell you, nine inches of catch. Yeah, I mean, like something, something insane. Literally nine inches of catch. <laughs> well done. That's nice, nice math there. Um, You're nervous. I'm nervous, and i i have a I have a theory I want to run by you. Okay. Okay. After this week, they're playing the Cardinals. Okay. I think he has a good game against the Cardinals. Let me guess what your theory is. Trade I, him. Trade him. Now, I want to be very clear here. And I want to be very clear to our alerts team. All right? I'm not urging fantasy <laughs> managers to trade, trade Joe, Joe Mixon. Mixon. Yeah. I'm not urging anyone to do this. I think it's a bad offensive line. I don't think it's getting better, right? He's already been banged up a little bit this year. He's a guy that was banged up last year as well. Here's our upcoming schedule. Okay. And it's not brutal, but it, it, it doesn't give you like a lot. It doesn't. So after the Cardinals. At the Ravens, and look, Nick Chubb just ran all over the Ravens, so I think the Ravens get it figured out a little bit more. Versus the Jaguars, you don't love that matchup. Versus the Rams, and you know, the Rams' run defense has shown some cracks as well, but still, that's a game in which you expect them to be trailing significantly. Then they play the Ravens again, then they're at the Raiders, and you think, oh, well, the Raiders, but listen, playing at the black hole, like that is, that's not an easy... What week is that? That is week... uh Okay, at least okay, 11, 11 Okay, week I was 10. thinking this might have been part of the uh, the Raiders' long schedule in, in It's week 10. Okay, so that that week is 10. in Oakland. Okay. Then home yep. to the Steelers, home to the Jets, at the Browns, home to the Patriots. Fantasy playoffs. Here's their fantasy playoffs for Joe Mixon, okay? At Browns, home to the Patriots, at Dolphins, you like that, home to the Browns. Yeah. So 3 out of it's 4 okay. you like. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, don't three know. 3 out of 4 you like. Right, I mean, the Browns yeah. have been struggling to defend the run this year. The Patriots they, they have not. Have, the they have. have been, but I guess my feeling is is that in all these games, it's just how much you... Here's my question. How much usage do you believe Joe Mixon gets in the passing game? Because we saw some Giovanni Barnard last night. Again, to your point, you made a joke, but it's it's serious. He gained .9 yards a catch. He got four no, 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 receptions. he gained nine inches a catch. Nine inches a catch. Sorry. Yes. sorry. .25 yards. Nine Point, inches a catch. Nine inches a catch. So I'm just saying, like, in games in which, other than the Dolphins, like... I think the Browns will be better offensively. So they're going to get blown out by the Browns. They're going to get blown out by the Patriots. So in games in which they're getting blown out, in games in which they're playing good offenses, how much usage does Joe Mixon get? My argument is this. You feel free to disagree with me. My argument is this, is that I am nervous about Joe Mixon and that I believe that after the Cardinals game in Week 5, that his value will be at the highest it will be all season long. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with the idea that that's I think probably his game. best matchup going forward. And if he has a great matchup, but you can get commensurate value of an RB two, then I'm good with it. Yeah, see, and I think he was drafted as an RB one. That's my point. 
So again, I'm not urging people to draft uh, to to trade him, but I would say I think you should consider it. I think would I would be open to the idea because I am genuinely nervous about Joe Mixon returning value behind that offensive line and given the struggles of that defense. For those that pounded the over of 17 minutes of Bengals talk, you win. Let's move on to the Steelers, and the Steelers had a get back on track offensive performance. And a very different looking offense last night compared to what we saw in week three. It was clear. It was simplify things for Mason Rudolph <laughs> and use Jalen Samuels because they had basically. Like I feel like if I was ever made to be an NFL quarterback, like that's the offense that would have, run for me. Seriously. So for they, those they who would be like, listen, Barry's not particularly bright. He's the people's favorite. He got voted in somehow. He's the people's runners up. He got voted in somehow. So we've got to use him. But um, just can we make it as dumb and simple as possible? So James Conner had eight catches last night plus a touchdown. And I'm not trying to say that his fantasy success was predicated only upon this, but it was boosted by the fact that I did not count the specific number, but I would guess the Steelers ran what is essentially called a tap pass six times where one player motions across the yep. formation and just before he reaches the center, the ball is snapped. The quarterback, which in some cases was Jalen Samuels. Correct. Literally just takes the ball and bunts it forward to that right, guy that was in motion. It to the guy in front. It, and it travels maybe six inches, but it counts as, as a, a pass and a reception. Right. So for James Conner, that, if he had three options last night, or three of those, like that's three additional fantasy points. I went it's into great. last night needing eight points from James Conner to, to win in the War Room League. And like, I think I got that just from those tap passes. Like on that first drive, I was, I was right. like, Oh, this works out. Oh, this is. This is super cheap. Like again, J James Conner made me a little bit nervous last night. I mean, I mean, you know, like again, like you're, if you just look at the numbers, you're like, oh, great, finally a big game for James Conner. He's now running back twelve on the season. We're good. But that offensive line did not play well. They had to manufacture stuff. They had to like they had to pull out. I don't want to say trick plays, but you don't see that that jet sweep, that tap pass play. Ten times in a game, which is what I felt like we saw it last night. Well, it's going to be hard for them to continue to do right. that because teams are going to have a very good sense of what's coming. So they either have to insert a counter punch, like, hey, they fake the tap pass, and then Jalen Samuels maybe throws a pass or something like that. But I think it's fair. I think it was a great it was a great spot for James Conner, and he executed on that great spot. So I think, you know, generally speaking, you're waking up today with more ease than you had the first three weeks with James Conner. But see, I think I'm I'm see I don't know that I feel that way. I mean, I guess listen, I'm happy that he had a good fantasy game, but first off, this was a true running back by committee. Jalen Samuels was out there a decent amount. Like he one of the argument yeah. one of the arguments coming to the season was that James Conner, oh, he's going the volume's going to be insane for James Conner and I was I was leading that bandwagon. I mean, so I was on that as well. Like I thought like at, you know, initially, like like in late July, early August, we heard some rumblings. Oh, this might be a running back by committee. They drafted Be Blake Snell, right? Uh, Benny Snell. Benny sorry, Snell, yep. <laughs> not the not the pitcher. Sorry. Um, they drafted they drafted Benny Snell. They want to involve Jalen Samuels, who's good down the stretch last year. This could be a running back by committee. And then through the preseason, the Steelers did a good job of sort of clamping down on that and saying like, no, 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 like. It's James. Job. It's going to be James Conner, and so he's a guy that went in the top ten. I got him at pick sixteen in the War Room League, and the reaction on Twitter was, "Oh my God, I can't believe you got James Conner at sixteen in any kind of league. That's insane." Okay, and then you look at this. Okay, so uh, Jalen Samuels had two red zone touches. James Conner had zero last night. James Conner has no more than thirteen carries in a game this season. He has yet to have 45 rushing yards in a game. That part's a little bit skewed because, again, those tap passes are sort of runs, right? So, like, if you 
take half the yardage, half of the 83 yards, and make that rushing yards, it's like an 80-yard rushing game. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I just felt like when I watched it, it felt like coming into the game, coming into this game last night, yep. the Bengals were had given up the second most rushing yards per game and the sixth most yards per carry. Like, this was a bad run defense field. And then they came in and, like, you just watched that game and James Conner was running through the line and couldn't get separation, couldn't get any holes. Like, the only way he could get free is, again, on, like, sort of these, I don't want to say they're trick plays, but, again, like, to your point, you're not going to be able to count on the, you know, James Conner coming in motion and getting a quick tap pass, for, whether it's from Mason Rudolph or Jalen Samuels, and, get, and getting that as for positive yardage six times a game like he did last night, whatever the number was. Like, like you're going to be able to do that once or twice a game, but that's about it. Like, So now, basically, your argument, your pro-James Conner argument after last night is that they don't want Mason Rudolph throwing down the field, that all they want him to do is dinking and dunking, and that's going to benefit James Conner. To me, that's the only pro-James Conner argument after last night. Yeah, and the volume. The volume should continue to be pretty good. Like 15 to 20 touches easily per game, and some weeks where it's going to be closer the 22 to 25. He played 36 snaps. Samuels played 26. Snell played just six. But each of them had like the exact same number of touches, I believe. And by the way, when this game was within seven points, because it got sort of to a blowout there in the second half, but when, when this game was within a touchdown, Jalen Samuels actually touched the ball 14 times, Connor just 13. Again, like, that's a but, you know, but some of that still is like they had him running that, whatever you the, want to call it, wildcat wild cat. or so whatever. It was a goofy yeah. game. So I am less game. concerned than you are about James Connor. Although you did bet me about him versus Leonard Fournette for the rest of the season. But Jalen Samuels, I'm actually... that's I'm worried about that bet. You want to switch that bet? No, no thanks. (laughs) Uh, Jalen Samuels, kind of interesting. He actually made the waiver wire column upon the... I do a Monday... Sorry, a Tuesday morning refresh. And Jalen Samuels, this might be legit. Um, Yeah. I read... I know it was Mark Caballi from Pittsburgh who covers the series for the Athletic basically saying like... I think it was actually the 0-2 start. If they are going to get this team right... Here are five players that basically need to play more. And primary amongst them was Jalen Samuels. Sure. Guy who's talented, guy who's versatile, guy who's dependable. And we saw last night, he used, he's useful as well. I think this is the sign of something that we're going to see much more of. Not at the, you know, at, at ten, the behest. T- 10 for 26 and a touchdown, although it's worth noting that the touchdown run came on, once again, one of those wildcat plays. Like sure. They didn't. Connor was on the field and they did the jet sweep and yep. then and he he didn't hand it to him. I guess it's it's a form of an RPO in essence, like you know, right? Oh, I mean, like, gonna, he's going to throw a pass at some point. He'll yeah, throw a pass. Um, and, and so anyway, and he ran it in for the touchdown, but eight for fifty-seven, and he three completions right. for thirty-one yards. Again, those tap passes count, count. as completions. Yeah, points there. <laughs> so, so Jalen Samuels, absolutely, I potential I would to agree be with a that. flex play, especially in deeper leagues. Maybe right away in deeper leagues. Maybe more than that. Is he your number forward. one waiver guy? Um, it was a weird week for waivers. Uh, Among running backs, I should say, because to me, it's like it's it's him, it's Ronald Jones. Yeah, I had Ronald Jordan. Jones first. You have Ronald Jones higher. Yeah, but I mean, you can make. I could be talked into either way. I would say this: if I had James Conner and for some reason didn't have Jalen Samuels, make that change right now. I would. I would want. I would prefer to roster Jalen Samuels over Ronald Jones. Uh, you know, because not only is there flex play worthiness there, there's obviously the benefit of a handcuff should something happen to Connor. Remember, he got banged up two weeks ago. He got banged up in this game last night as well, came back fairly soon afterwards, but still, it's just, you know, he's also got injured last year as well. It's just, it's worth noting. So I agree with you. Uh, Samuels needs to be rostered in a lot more leagues. More so than any player that played last night. The guy that I'm nervous about, I think, is Juju Smith-Schuster. Sure. Three catches for 15 yards. 
And he's wide receiver 39 this year, Field. Wide receiver 39 through one quarter of the season. And I know that it was the first, second start, excuse me, of Mason Rudolph's NFL career. And a lot of the short passes that we saw, and I believe exactly half of Mason Rudolph's throws were caught at or behind the line of scrimmage. That I think some of it, Matthew, was merely developing confidence for Mason Rudolph, simplifying things, getting him into a rhythm. 90% of the game is played between the ears. But the vertical passing game is not going to be nearly the same with Mason Rudolph as it was with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, I get it. That's kind I mean, of a duh comment, but still. No, I, last night, Mason Rudolph averaged 3.5 air yards per target. 3.5. That is a league low. Yep. And the combination of James Conner and Jalen Samuel saw 16 of 31 targets. Over half the targets went to the running backs. <laughs> they had, they had Both of them had a negative average depth of yeah, target. And so uh, Juju Smith-Schuster... His target share with Mason Rudolph so far this year, 23.3%. Last year, with Antonio Brown on the team, Juju Smith-Schuster had a 24.6% target share. He's actually getting less targets without A.B. on the team with Mason Rudolph under center. That has to make you nervous. Of course it makes you nervous. And if you're asking what can you do, this is something that we talk about, and we hate to not be able to give you better advice. But we were having this conversation, I believe, with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen yesterday. Is that, like, right now you don't have a ton of options because you can't trade him for anything close to what you invested in Juju, which may have been a top 15 pick, right? Or certainly a top two round pick. And he may be your, he may have entered the year as your wide receiver one. I can't imagine that he didn't. Yeah, and in so, most leagues, I would think most people... Many leagues he did not, right. Or he, he, many he leagues was, he did. He was me. the number one wide receiver for a team that, that drafted him. And I saw him go as a, as a late first rounder right. in some leagues. So and, what you cannot do right now is you can't cut bait, obviously. obviously you can't not. trade him for anything people are going to want. Like You're not going to trade him for something valuable. I think for right now, you're stuck between... You're in the fantasy rock and a hard play situation. You have to hope it gets better because... He's really talented, and that the Steelers used last night, as I was saying, to merely build the confidence of Mason Rudolph, and that going forward, they're going to be more vertically inclined, and the passing game will look closer to what it has in previous years than what it did last night. That's the confidence for Juju. Would you consider? So they play the Ravens next week. Yep. And so the Ravens secondary has been, you know, has has really struggled, although you would expect Marlon Humphrey to be a shadow on Juju. Next we'll see. week, we'll yeah. we'll see. You know, Mike Clay always does a great job with his yep. wide receiver that, cornerback yeah. matchup. So uh, I strongly encourage you guys to read that this week. I believe. Um, uh, so I would encourage you to read read, read that, and Mike will be on the show tomorrow, so you can talk about that as well. But then they're at the Chargers. Yep. Um, which that secondary has has underperformed somewhat this year, but certainly it's not a great matchup. Then, <laughs> then he plays the Dolphins at home. On ESPN and Monday Night Football, baby. Let's go, baby. So maybe he sees some Xavier Howard in that one. I mean, like, then then he's home against the Colts. Home against, like, home against the Rams, at the Browns, at the Bengals again. Like, wow. I guess my point is, is would you consider, if he has a big game against the Ravens, you know, or the Chargers. So the same like, thing for Joe same Mixon. Same thing with Joe Mixon. Like, would you consider, like, the minute he has, like, a, a big game and you sort of get that, because he's too talented not to. Like, he'll have a big run. He'll have a long out run after the catch. Like, they'll figure out a way to get him the ball. It's less simple for me than Joe Mixon because wide receivers are more plentiful. And sure. Like, you may be, it may be less perilous to your roster to have Juju in there every week than it could be for Joe Mixon. But I understand the point. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world. I'm just, you and I are both legitimately nervous 
uh, for Juju Smith Schuster. A lot of times you just they have a bad game and you're like, he's a stud. He'll be fine. Like DeAndre Hopkins, yep. bad game on Sunday. He's DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be fine, even though he's been bad for the last couple of weeks. Juju makes us nervous because of the way this offense and Mason Rudolph are playing. Last thing here on this game. Fantasy Trends are brought to you by TD Ameritrade and Deontay Johnson. He of board bet fame. Six catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. He was also added to the waiver wire column. Now, it should be noted that on the 43-yard touchdown that he scored, he was wide open. And if you watched the play again last night, like no one was anywhere close to him. The right. ball was not high. And he jumped like he. I think he was trying to drop that pass. He accidentally he hit the Y button. I think is what it was. Yeah, like he <laughs> like he like jumped for a ball that was like going to fall right into his arms. He caught it. He scored the touchdown. That's good. But since he was declared the starter by himself two <laughs> weeks ago, he's got six targets in back to back games and a touchdown in back to back games. So if you're playing in a deeper league, and he fumbled last night too, by the way, right? He as, as, as he he fumbled. That's why he. I think he jumped because he was. Damn. Nervous. He wanted to sort of bear hug the football before yeah. it hit the ground. So an interesting player just because of the Steelers' track record of making smart investments in wide receivers in the draft. Back-to-back games with six targets. The fact that James Washington seems to be nothing more than a vertical decoy. And Dante Moncrief's not part of the passing game anymore. Yeah. And for right now, he could return next Yeah, I week. noticed on, on Twitter yesterday you asked me, you said you needed 42.5 points. 41.5. Yeah. 42.1 points in a half-point point P- yeah. PPR uh, from Dante Moncrief. I came just a little bit Just short. a little short on just that. Just a little short. Yeah, a little short. Yeah. It's oh, all right. Well. I'm 3-1 I'm and one in that league now. Yeah. Yeah, no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, tons of talk right there on the Steelers so anyway, and the Ravens. Deontay Johnson worth, worth rostering, but... Yes. but like, don't break the bank. Like, I think jury's still out on whether he's going to be a useful fantasy asset. Jury's still out on that on that passing game, basically. What yeah, I mean, in a massive way, which in theory should help James Conner. Like, again, to me, that's the argument. the The pro James Conner argument is it's going to be a short passing game and volume. To your point, but there's there are some warning signs. A little bit of news here in regards to Week Five, and we'll talk about this more once we get into practice and have more context from the head coach, but. Devontae Adams is iffy for Week 5. He sure. left that game last Thursday because of a toe issue against uh, the Eagles on Thursday night. Uh, he sounds, again, unlikely to play in Week 5, which would open the door to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Matthew, but also Geronimo Allison, who will also be on the waiver wire gong. He's prominently featured, as a matter of fact. It feels like, Matthew, if Adams does not play this week, to me, at least, Geronimo Allison has a case as the most valuable one-week ad in fantasy just because of the fact that he should be an every-down player in a passing offense that you know, the Cowboys are good defense. They are. But relative to some of the defenses the Packers have played this year, like it seems like a fairly reasonable matchup for them. Like This is not the Bears or teams they've seen or the Vikings that they've seen and even the Broncos who played them tough defensively right. in their Week 2 matchup. And Allison has scored in a couple of those. I mean, you know, yeah. so like scored last I, week. I, would, uh, I would agree with that. So, look, uh, he ran 46 routes in week four, so you you like that you uh, you certainly like to see that when he has gotten four or plus four or more targets, right? The guy that's averaging over 12 fantasy points per game, and especially if Devonte Adams is out of this game, the expectation would be he's going to get at least four targets yep. in this game. So yeah, I mean, like so, Geronimo Allison, who you know uh, had uh, I believe three for 52 and a touchdown last week. Yep, you know. 
Yes, I would. Usable I would think piece. He's, usable piece uh, certainly would be a top thirty wide receiver against the Cowboys if no Devontae Adams. And we don't know any more than what we know for right now on his Week Five status for Adams. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a prolonged absence, even if he does miss Week Five. We're going to come back and discuss more names that made the waiver wire. A few more players that sort of were there just because they fell off the radar, as opposed to them having sort of worked their way up to the 50% rostership uh, threshold. But before we do that, a quick word from the Fantasy Show. He's Field Yates. All right, Matthew, time now for some waiver wire, so I'm going to allow you grab the Johnny Carson mic and play host for the rest of this segment. Good hip reference that the kids definitely enjoy. And I heard you say like, that one time. I just, you know what, like, I mean, it's here's the guy that's just like, what, what did he say at the top of the show? We Daniel? in here. We in here. We in here. He didn't then, say here. Then, he said here. 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 And then, and then, and then you drop it. Like, literally, does anyone in the back room? Do, you, do Kyle, you're like under thirty. Do you have you ever heard of Johnny Carson? Do you have any reference to what that is? Heard of him? Yes. Any reference? No. Like, do you know what he is or what he did? Or? No, I know he's a person that I should know, but I don't know what he's done. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Really good reaction right there from Kyle. I mean, but by the way, it's true. Like, I mean, like you joke about me, but like that's a much older reference than than even me. Anyway, Field right. Yates, you are the author of Free Agent Finds, available now on ESPN.com. I'm a company man. And a trendy preseason sleeper who is somewhat disappointed, but suddenly he makes your waiver wire column if you have some needs at wide receiver and Geronimo Allison is gone, Field. Yeah, so Corey Davis was a player that I stumbled upon this week for the waiver wire finds. What I mean by that, Matthew, is there's no way Corey Davis is available in over 50% of leagues, right? right? Wrong. Corey Davis is available in about 52.6% of leagues. He had five catches for 91 yards and a touchdown over the weekend. Am I telling you that you need to pick up Corey Davis and start him week to week? Are you? I am telling you, no, I'm not okay. telling you that. But what I am saying is you're just not, urging not urging you fantasy guys managers to start. To... I'm not urging fantasy managers to start Got Corey it. Davis this week, but I will say that there are players with decidedly less value who are rostered on benches right now and somewhat nonsensically, right? Like, so soon enough, we're going to be in the weeks where we have six teams on a bye. Sure. And Marcus Mariota, for all of his inconsistencies prior to this year, has played okay. He yes. has not turned the football over yet. We've seen Corey Davis have a big game. We've seen A.J. Brown have two big games. Like, just roster Corey Davis because of the target share, the talent, and the fact that depth gets thinned really quickly once we get into bye weeks. Uh, here's a question that I think a lot of people would have because they see two touchdowns from A.J. Brown in that yeah. same game that you referenced where, where Corey Davis you know, had 91 yards and a score. You prefer Corey Davis to A.J. Brown if you're rostering a Titans pass catcher. I do. Because I think talent-wise, he's more talented. I know A.J. Brown's been awesome, but Corey Davis is a more talented player. And wow. the vo- I don't know if I agree with that, by the really? way. Really? I think A.J. Brown, especially now, he's young. Mm. He's not as experienced as Corey Davis. I think A.J. Brown is really special. Mm. I think he has a chance to be very, so very Corey special. Da- Corey Davis I, could be ridiculous. Listen, the guys free both these guys. Both, right. both these guys should not be on the Titans. But I agree with that. I, I, anyway, all I, I was going to say is, is that, like, it's not that Corey Davis isn't talented, because I agree. Corey Davis on another team with a better quarterback is an absolute beast. But I don't know. I think 
I'm a big AJ Brown fan. Okay. So, I mean, I just I, I don't think it's, yourself, I don't think but... it's as as definitive as you make it. Okay. Is all I would say. Fair enough. I think it is. But anyways, got it. Fair yeah. enough. We disagree there, but we do agree that he's somebody that should be rostered in more leagues and is getting just a get him over his fifty percent. I don't have to write about it anymore. There I don't want like there's no need field, to have him on the column. Some of this field is just just about like I'm sick of trying to find ways to talk me. up Corey it's about Davis. Me 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 me. Uh, taking a page out of my book. I That's like right. that as well. All right, so. Running back is always a dicey proposition, and it's it's kind of a thin week at running it back. Is. It's really but there bad week. is a guy that could be a starter for a pretty good offense out there. Yeah, so Ronald Jones has at least seventy rushing yards in three out of four games so far this season. He had more snaps than Peyton Barber for the first time ever in a game this past Sunday when yeah. they played the uh, the Rams, and significantly more. Uh, yeah, and it was a good it was a good encouraging sign for Ronald Jones. He actually had a couple of big plays taken off the board because of penalty as well. Over the past two weeks, he has out-touched Peyton Barber 35-24, to and he's got nearly 130 more total yards than Peyton Barber. It may not be a full-on changing of the guard, but it's at least trending that way right now, and I would add Ronald Jones to stash him unless and until that happens, because I think there is a chance, if not a very good one, that it happens at some point in Tampa Bay. And we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show as well, in that Look, at some point, forgetting stats for a second, at some point you just sort of have to bet on talent. And you and I both agree, Peyton Barber, just a guy. Just no a disrespect guy. to Peyton Barber, yeah. but just a guy. And there is a reason why Ronald Jones was drafted in the second round uh, out of USC and was thought highly of coming out of college. That when, when the Buccaneers drafted him in the second round, there wasn't a bunch of head-scratching going like, that guy, Ronald really? Jones? Yeah. There was a lot of people like, oh, that makes sense. Like, he's a talented prospect that sure. people like. So... There's potential with Ronald Jones that we don't think is necessarily there with Peyton Barber. Agreed. Let's talk about another running back in not a good offense, but a great offense. Right. The best offense in football remains Kansas City, and Darrell Williams could continue to be the co-starter along with LaShawn McCoy if Damian Williams is out. Damian Williams has not practiced at all the past two weeks. Now it's Tuesday, so we have not yet had a Chiefs practice for this week, but if he doesn't practice at all this week, another indication he won't play on Sunday night. Darrell Williams, who over the past two weeks has 17 carries for 75 yards, plus eight catches for 90 yards. Now, he had a very inefficient week this past week. I believe it was eight carries for 13 yards, right, yeah. plus two touchdowns. And That's efficient. Maybe it was just because of, maybe, I don't, I don't know why, but um, at the end of last week, they needed a touchdown. And they needed a short touchdown, and it was Darrell Williams who carried the football, not LaShawn McCoy, which... Part of me would think that, like, in terms of passing game acumen, LaShawn McCoy is, like, as talented as Darrell Williams in the passing game. Perhaps the reason why Williams was playing in two-minute drill was because he's been there longer and knows the offense better. But still, when they needed to finish, and the Lions took a timeout when the the Chiefs had the ball at the one-yard line. So Kansas City had the chance to both reset, rest, and decide who they wanted in the game, they chose Darrell Williams. So goal line carries can be golden. In I offense. have heard that, by the way, is that one of, they are more comfortable right now in terms of pass protection and understanding the assignments with Darrell Williams than LaShawn McCoy, again, who has just been there a few weeks. So cool. I do think that is part of it. But again, they gave the ball to him. They gave him the goal line carry, and he converted, and he, they won the game. So I would agree with you. I think that if Damian Williams is out, it will once again be the LaShawn McCoy and Darrell Williams show. And so, as we saw last week, half of the running back touches for the Kansas City Chiefs can be very, very valuable. I want to ask you one quick question here. If I'm search, if I'm out there searching for a running back and Jordan Howard 
who's rostered in 56% of leagues. So he he doesn't make the threshold, but he's still out there in almost 50% of leagues. Coming off the three-touchdown game, where would Jordan Howard rank for you among him, Ronald Jones, Jared Williams, if he were available in your league? Probably first. First, yep. Because all these guys were talking about, like, in Daryl Williams' case, Damian Williams returns, and bye-bye. Ronald Jones' case, he's got to beat somebody else out for the job. Jordan Howard is already playing a ton, and you know, again, he has that Darrell Williams factor in that he's going to finish drives. Touchdowns can be there, mm-hmm. and both of us believe in that Philadelphia team. Sure, and their schedule gets easier going forward. Not, if, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say they like the schedule gets easier going forward, not more difficult uh, for the Eagles. Now, I could have totally botched that part, but still, I trust the Eagles enough to believe that Jordan Howard's going to be good for them going forward. Uh, so. It, it gets tougher and then it gets JK, easier. JK. So it's uh they play the Jets this week. Nice, I'll take that. Right, one. right. Yep. Then they're at the Vikings. Yep. At the Cowboys. Okay, so too tough. At the Bills. Tough. Home to the Bears. Yep. Tough. Home to the Patriots. Tough. You're telling me you're noticing something. Yeah, I totally bought <laughs> that one. Then uh then home to the Seahawks at the Dolphins. Then it gets much easier. Just some something to keep in mind. Like if you could stash Jordan Howard. Like if you don't really need him necessarily, so you don't love him in any, any See, of those matches on the I Jets. I to put him on the cob, not because of the fact sure, that he's sure. available in but, only forty four percent of leagues. But then home to the Seahawks at the Dolphins, home to the Giants at the Redskins, yeah, yeah. home to the Cowboys at the Giants. So he ends with an amazing schedule there over the second half. Of Keith the year. has a quick question. for Yes, us. sir. Not cool, Keith. It's it's a Jordan Howard related question from Dano on the chat here. And he says, I'm receiving multiple offers for Jordan Howard. I want to sell, but it's hard. I'm assuming because of the depth yeah. at running back. He says, what, you know, what should he do? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly open to selling him. We just uh, read the schedule right there. We just read the schedule. Yeah. I, you know, and listen, they like Miles Sanders in Philadelphia. Now, they don't like him enough to give him the full workload. Like, to your point, Jordan Howard's they, still going to be involved. Maybe they never will. Right. That's, like, it's, we're now into what, year four of Doug Peterson? He likes a running back by committee. And that's just, and he's not Always alone. Has. A lot of coaches do feel that yeah, way. So absolutely. maybe we should just abandon hope it'll ever happen. Yeah. So, um, like, I would, if I had Jordan Howard, I would want a top 25 player. I would want either a, a top, I'd like to want a top, 12-ish tight end, but probably like a, you know, a a wide receiver somewhere in the 20 to 25 range. That's fair. Yeah, I think I would aim even higher on tight ends because there are so few you trust, but I would say that's about fair. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like if ever there was a time to trade Jordan Howard, it's off the three touchdown game, right? right? And before this, time to do it. before the season starts and you're just looking ahead and you're saying, oh, the Jets, like uh, Jordan Howard off you the three touchdown it. game, he should be going, to, he gets the Jets, yeah. All yeah. right, one more here, Jacoby Brissett, Colts quarterback. 31.2% roster ship right now. Yes, sir. He's got multiple passing touchdowns in every game this season. He's the only quarterback in the NFL to throw multiple touchdown passes in all four games this year. Wow. How about that? Kyle draws an interesting comparison. He looks a lot like Philip Rivers last season, who finishes quarterback 11. 2008, 2018 Rivers through week four. Multiple touchdown passes in all four games. 7.5% touchdown percentage. On target with nearly 85% of his passes. Fast forward a year, Jacoby Brissett also went to NC State through week four. Multiple touchdown passes in all four games. 7.2% touchdown pass percentage and on target with 86% of his passes. He plays the Chiefs this week. They go on a bye, but at the Chiefs, you like that. And then home to Houston and Denver. I know Denver can be good, but... I don't think they nearly scare you in the way that they used to over the past couple of years, especially, especially with Bradley Chubb and Bradley Chubb now out for yes, the year because correct. of an AC out there. Jacoby Brissett, a worthwhile quarterback to pick up. Time now for a crappy promo. 
It's New York Times bestselling author Matthew Berry with another self-serving, self-indulgent, all-about-me promo. And I'm going to call an audible here. Okay. Because normally the crappy promo is all about me, as you just heard, but I would like to make this all about Field Yates. What? Because your sister, Caddy, who is a friend of the show, Caddy Yates, of course, we all love Caddy, the lawyer Caddy Yates, is actually doing something very noble, and we want to point this out to everyone. Why don't you tell everyone about the fundraiser that Caddy is participating in? People may be aware of what is called Haymakers for Hope. It's an organization that raises money to fight cancer, and how they do so is they host charity boxing events. Right. Uh, I don't know the, quite the frequency. Let's call it every couple of months or so. And they do it in a variety of cities. Boston is one of their hub cities. Um, and you find people that have that have basically, in some cases, zero experience or exposure sure. to boxing whatsoever. And they dedicate their lives to both boxing and fundraising for six months, which is what Caddy decided to do. Wow. And so she, over the past six months, has been training like crazy for her event, which is October 9th. Next Wednesday, next Wednesday, actually at the House of Blues, a very cool venue uh, yeah. in downtown Boston. Part of it is not just training, but also, of course, fundraising. And so my sister had an initial goal of $7,500. Sure. And then you know what she did? What's that? She crushed it like a grape. Of course she, she was did. like, $7,500? Are you kidding me? No sweat whatsoever. So instead, $25,000, the amended goal that she decided to make a last push. About 10000 bucks short. And you know something? We ask a lot of the 06010 listeners. We do. And they have dedicated incredibly generously to the V Foundation many times over in the past. Just like the V Foundation, we are always in on fighting against cancer. Uh, and that is what Haymakers for Hope does. Uh, the ap- support will be appreciated. If you feel inclined to donate, you can go to my uh, Twitter page where it is now my pinned tweet. The link is, right. you can Google Caddy Yates Haymakers for Hope. It's easier to just tell you to do just one of go, those two go things. To, go to at Field Yates on Twitter, his pinned tweet right there. So if you'd like to donate. And so is she gonna actually, she's going to fight. So She's Caddy Yates is Wednesday. getting into the ring. Yes. And so we do actually, we know anything about her opponent? Uh, I just know her name. That's about it. I think, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of don't. Part of me is like, I don't want to know too much about this person because sure. I don't like you know the more I know two people fighting more yeah feel, more it's, it's uncomfortable yeah sure, it's uncomfortable we're, we're so. all listening I'm sure whoever she's fighting is also a wonderful person who's entering this you know, yeah uh, oh, the, two, we, so I saw a practice fight for Caddy yeah. but she did like a you know an exhibition fight yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago wow yeah not that I mean like uh, you know we're siblings listen, so listen. we had bantering we never fought growing growing yeah. up but I would not even come well, close listen, you, to... Well, you played college sports. Like, the yeah. Yates family is athletic. Caddy would beat me up, though, for sure. 100%. Yes. Well, I, I would that, take, I would take boxing, Caddy 10 no out of question. 10 yeah. in a fight with you two. Because here's the other thing. Like, Caddy, and like, luckily, I have a very good relationship with Caddy. Right. But Caddy's got a mean streak. I can tell. Like, Caddy's like, you know... That's like she's you, a lawyer. If you, of course. If you cross Caddy, she's watch out. That's right. 100%. So, um, I think when, this, when she gets into the ring, like, there's going to be... You know, there's obviously hope already, but right. there's going to be some haymakers. Yeah, there's going to be plenty of haymakers. So if you do feel inclined, you can uh, head over to my Twitter page and you can see the link there. It is part of my pinned tweet. Seriously, your generosity is greatly, greatly appreciated. Now, let me tell you about hiring because hiring can be a slow process. Yeah, it can. Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding qualified applicants. Yeah, he was. So. He switched to ZipRecruiter. He did? ZipRecruiter, he did. What Zip happened? Recruiter, he does, well, here's the thing. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. So oh. what they did is they use their, ta- their technology, which identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. 
Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter and said he was impressed by how quickly he got great candidates to apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. One more time for the people in the back, ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Not cool, Keith. Not cool, Keith. Not cool, Keith. Let's rock. should be Caddy's pump-up song right there. I, wow. I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go. If that doesn't make you want to fight. So Thomas wants to hey, know. Hold on, it's just so opposite. Like we come out of this rocking song, and Keith is like, yeah, "That doesn't hey, make you want to." Eeyore, yeah, exactly. Eeyore, like, no, no, it's like Eeyore, right? Yeah. That was my Billy D. Williams. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. By the way, Eeyore, good, uh, good company man reference. Nice Ooh, job. Nice That's job. Right. That's right. So we got some questions here. Hey, Tom, Thirsty Kyle, do you know who Eeyore is? I've got Eeyore. I was going <laughs> to chime in, and I didn't want to, you know, come across the wrong way. But I definitely know Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> All right, there you go. Exactly. Good job. Looks there you go. like That's rain. Right. Oh. That was good. That pretty was good. good. That was pretty good. So uh, Thomas wants to know, uh, should he cut Miles Sanders for a handcuff or hold out hope that he works his way into a greater role eventually? Who Ooh. else? I mean, the, the, to me, that's one of those, like, who else do you have? Because it's like one of those things that, like, if he had a couple running backs where you're like, you know what? You're never starting Miles Sanders. I'd rather have the handcuff. But right. if you're like sitting there yeah. sifting through for a couple of people, my guess though is that most people are not in that situation. I would agree. They're not so deep that they can just sit there and let Miles Sanders collect dust without any penalty whatsoever. Generally speaking, I would keep Miles Sanders over a handcuff unless it was again great depth and you needed an Alexander Madison to your Dalvin Cook. Daniel's right on you with that. He just said the same thing. Um, Nick wants to know what your expectations are the rest of the way for Kyler Murray. Uh, um, I, I I think he will be better. Look, I, this is a team. Yeah, I like Kyler Murray. First so of all, I. I mean, I just I think the t- the kid is talented. Now, I may amend this. Like we we're waiting to find out kind of if Christian Kirk is hurt in a significant way. He left the game with the injury, and we just we just know he was banged up. We don't know anything more on that. Hopefully, Stefania will have more on that. But I was encouraged by the running. I've encouraged by the running more recently um, yep. for for Kyler Murray. It's a team that throws a lot. Yep. They're they're bad. So he's been a – like I, I don't know where he ranks right now. My guess is he's a top 14 fantasy quarterback so right. far through the season. And my, I think he creeps up a little bit more. So I, I think he gets better guess, fantasy-wise as the season goes on. My guess is that maybe he has a chance to finish as a top 10 quarterback in points by the end of the year. Yeah. What I worry about is that I was hopeful that maybe he'd have more elite weeks this year because of his legs. And it seems like although they were more interested uh, in getting him carries, we saw him rush for a touchdown last week, it's not going to be a Lamar Jackson situation last year where he's running the football maybe between 12 and 15 times without breaking a sweat in most weeks. So I do believe there's a chance that he finishes a top 10 quarterback, but there is less elite upside week to week than I expected going into the season. I think that's fair. By the way, actually... I just sort of uh, pulled that out, of, but apparently he is exactly QB fourteen. So here's okay. one for the kid. Uh, but yeah, but so anyway, I think. Kid. But I think that's right. I think he's a. I think he's an upper tier QB two with a chance to be a lower tier QB one. Yep. Uh, so, but I would agree. There's probably less upside with him than there is with some others. But in terms of who's out there on the waiver wire, yeah, I mean, I, right? I mean, like exactly. There's no one that you feel like. 
you know, there's, um, you know, I'm trying to think of like somebody. Jacoby Brissett. That's about it. Jacoby Brissett. Right. So, uh, so those are my expectations. I do think he will be better fantasy wise than he's been so far. And he's been usable so far. He hasn't been what you hoped he would be. Lamar Jackson has been what you would hope he would be. And more. But, and yeah, no question. But I think he will, uh, I do think he'll get better in terms of my expectations. He's a rookie and he's, He's look. It's a fantasy friendly offense where he's having to throw a lot, and they're starting to use him more in the running game. But I'm I'm less convinced on it being a fan, fantasy friendly offense. Interesting. Not sold on that part. They don't score touchdowns. That is true. They, their red zone offense is uh, wildly inefficient. They yeah. do have to. Uh, they do have to. They're get not that, that talented, and they don't score touchdowns. So he is a fantasy friendly player. If I if you have but him, but weirdly, in, but like David Johnson's a top ten running back. Larry know, Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk have both but, been top 30 wide receivers, so they're producing fantasy points. So, I, I mean, there's a difference between here's, the, here's, where, here's mm. where our disagreement is. I'm taking it from the point of, like, they're usable. It's a fantasy-friendly offense in that they, they have four usable pieces on this team, mm. right? And, and a fifth, if you want to count Zane Gonzalez, to the point that they struggle in the red zone, right? Zane Gonzalez has actually been a pretty good fantasy kicker so far. You're saying, like, there's no one really elite with the exception of maybe David Johnson in that offense. I guess what I'm saying is... And so we can we can end it here because we're we're not we're not bickering. It's just sort of like we're interpreting things differently. To me, a fantasy friendly offense would be like, hey, Devontae Adams gets hurt, Geronimo Allison steps in. There's a role to be had when you're a Packers wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers. Whereas like if Christian Kirk doesn't play this week, we're not gonna sit here and say, you know something, like Trent Sheffield is the guy that's really gonna step up into that prominent wide receiver two role for the Cardinals and be useful. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I define fantasy friendly somewhat differently, and I'd sort of, I guess I'd sort of argue, but whatever. We we, right, we can move on. Let's what else? move on, Keith. What else you got? Okay. This is more closer to your heart anyway, Matthew. Yes. Andre wants to know, can Terry McLaurin, F1, for for some of us here, uh, hold value? That's the nickname. Yeah, I, I know you're ahead. not. That's why I threw it out there. Uh, can Terry McLaurin hold value all season if the Washington offense crumbles? If? If it crumbles? <laughs> when? It won't crumble. I thought the word crumble was kind of rough for you there. But. It will not crumble. Yes, because it already crumbled. <laughs> it's exactly. already. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it crumbled day it, one, it, right? It's. I mean, crumbled in July, right? I mean, it's. It's. Um, it's I'm not going to get on a Redskins rant again. I did that right. yesterday, but uh, the answer is yes. I look. I believe in this talent. Look, they're going to have to throw. They're constant. It's going to be at the end of the year. It's going to be a top five team in terms of total pass attempts. Like they're just going to have to throw. And whether it's Case Keenum, whether it's Colt McCoy, whether it's uh, Dwayne Haskins. McLaurin's going to be the number one target and get a significant target share. Now, I don't like him this week. If he plays, my expectation is he will be shadowed by Stephon Gilmore, and that is, you don't love that. Usually bad news, yeah. That is, so he'll make the hate list this week, McLaurin. I mean, he, I don't know if I can put him on the hate list. I may just ignore him just because I don't want to actually. You can't put him on the hate list. There's no way. I know. Like, I just, like I if don't your want son to. got drafted but in the I NFL, you'd never put him on the hate list. I know. List. I just, that's right. That's exactly right. I just, I feel like. I feel like he'll be below expectations, unfortunately. But, uh, but yes, in terms of season long, absolutely on Terry McLaurin. Now, somebody in our dynasty league last night, was it you, Kyle, or was it you that did that? It was me. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle offered me in our dynasty league, Terry McLaurin for Baker Mayfield. Now understand, this is a 12 team, 25 man roster, super flex league where you play two quarterbacks. Like, and I love Terry McLaurin, but why on earth would I trade a quarterback in a dynasty league like Baker Mayfield for Terry McLaurin? 
I figured I'd I was, send I was it out say, there. Yeah, no, I'd test the waters. I know you're high on McLaurin, and I know you're down on Baker. You said you'd drop him going into last in week. A, so. In a week, no, in a understood. QB1, and I said in a 10-team redraft, one quarterback league. I'm with this you there. This is a two-quarterback dynasty league. It's I a need quarterbacks in the worst way. Let me just say this. Yeah, well, you're going to have to offer up more than Terry McLaurin say, for it. I absolutely love the play by Kyle. Thank love you. Love him. Love him poking Appreciate the bear that. a little bit right there. I just like him shaking stuff up. Yeah, why not? Last thing I'll say, because anyway, we, we have only uh, a couple of... I haven't declined it on the site yet, but consider be, this my I got the message. decline. Yeah, I got so you. One, last thing that I'll say, because we have to get off in a Thanks second. Thanks for the here. offer, but I pass. Get off the stream in a second. Yeah. But it is incredibly difficult for us to make uh, trades amongst our colleagues. Oh, my God. we never agree on anything. It's, it's always like, you're going to win it, but you know, you're trying to win the trade. I'm trying to win the trade. No, no, no. It never works. But, and by the way, so on the Fantasy Show on ESPN Plus today, so... When I just a little insight here. So when I drive into the office to come do the podcast, we do a we do a call where we have to prep for the show because I get out of the I get out of this podcast and we immediately go do the show. So anyway, we want to do because it's four weeks in the season. We want to do a trade thing, and I do we do a league within the show of all the staff of the show, right? And so you know, me and Daniel are in it, obviously. And well, tell us about the show league. Just like when you're as you're as you're discussing this, tell us what the show league standings are. By the way. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm I, I'm like one in three in this league. Okay, like, never mind. I'm, okay. I'm like it's my team's brutal. That's what I'm saying. Like I've lost Tyree Kill, Hunter Henry, Damian Williams, Vance McDonald. Like I am like, I mean, and Jamal Williams. Like I had to pick up Jamal Williams last week just to have a warm body, and of course play one. He gets injured. Like I'm just decimated by injuries in this league, and so I need a running back in that league in the worst way. And so, but literally, like we, I spent 20 minutes on the call talking about my all my trade strategy with the entire staff of of the show and the entire league. Like, I'm not going to be able to get a trade done. Like, no one will trade with me in this league, you know, because whatever, it's my show. And But then, in addition, like, I've just given them all sort of my, my tips and tricks field. Okay. Yeah, so, like, whatever. I'm middle of the pack in points, but I'm one and three, and I'm hurting. So if you so could, just up. to put a bow on this show, Matthew, if you could please tell us a little bit about the Celebrity League and how that is going so far. So, um, Jim Parsons. Yep. And Zach, Zach Efron yep. are four and oh, they are absolutely crushing. If we can just sort of go through the standings really quickly. I am second in this league in points. In wow. total points, I am second in this league in terms of total points. Um, only, uh, only Sim Sarna and Topher Grace. Uh, so Topher Grace and Sim Sarna, they have a, uh, they have a podcast called Minor Adventures and they're in the league. They're three and one. They actually lead the league in points. I'm second in points, but I'm two and two. So here are the standings. Zach Efron in first. Jim Parsons in second, um, uh, Topher Grace and Sim Sarna in third. The Spicy Tomatoes, Field, you're in fourth. Evan Longoria is uh, three and one. He's in fifth. I'm two and two again, second in points, though. Uh, I'm sixth. Then uh, Lord and Miller. By the way, Lord and Miller, their new show, Bless the Hearts, debuted this past nice. week. We interviewed Congrats. them last week. So check that out on demand on Fox. Very funny comedy. Bless the Hearts. Check that out. Um, then John Legend. Kyle Bush, the NASCAR champion in ninth, Miles Teller at one and three, and then uh, 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 still struggling there a little bit. Uh, Anthony Mackey, Rachel Lindsay, the Bachelorette, Stefania Bell, and Darius Rucker. So that's it. Just in terms of the uh, scoreboard, real quickly, uh, this past week, uh, I defeated. So I defeated Stefania head to head. I crushed her like a grape field. I uh, I destroyed her. Um, and you know, not just not just her team, but her spirit, her soul. That's why she's on the show today. Yeah, her, you literally uh, convinced her not to come on the show today. One hundred percent. Let's see. And 
So I beat her 105 to 83. Uh, this is a 14 team league but PPR, you by the her. way. What did I do to John Legend oh, then? Oh my God. John Legend. John e- Legend can't even sing e- anymore. He lost his voice. I crushed him so bad. He got Schmigot. Yeah. Because Field Yates yeah, won 31. Yeah, I won an FSTA award last year. How about them apples? Uh, the totes, right? Uh, and John Legend just 91 in that. Um, by the way, that league, like that, that was a ridiculous. I had Jordan Howard on my bench and I had Jamal Williams in place for him. So, oh. uh, I, that would have been a, bludgeoning if I didn't make that stupid call. Right, 100%. So um, anyway, that's the Celebrity League. In terms of who we are playing this week, real quickly, uh, we don't have to go through the whole scoreboard, but I will just tell you, in week five, so I am playing Miles Teller, who has won this league before. Yes, he has. Miles Teller, who's a big Eagles fan. So uh, me versus Miles, that I have my work cut out for me. You play Anthony Mackie. Falcom himself might be the next Captain America. We will see how that Ooh, all man. plays out. But Anthony Mackie, uh, not only in the MCU, but a uh, one of the stars of Disney Plus, which is coming out. Of course, I'm a company man. So that's who you play. And then uh, Stefania Bell play. She's got a tough matchup too. So she plays Topher Grace and Sim Sarna, their team right there in Minor Adventures. So uh, lots to go on there in the uh, Celebrity League. We'll keep you updated, and I'll have an interview uh, on Wednesday's show, probably tomorrow's show, as soon as we get that figured out who we're going to talk to. All righty, looking forward to that. We are back on Wednesday with Mike Clay, Starfania, and, of course, that interview right there. Anything else, Danny, before we say goodbye? Very last thing, we had a poll. Is Matthew Barry a man of the people coming in hot and fresh? 51% say no. Ha! 49% say yes. 49% are right. You've got my back. That's right. And the other 51% are like, oh, yeah, I'm the people's handcuff. I'm the people's runner-up. That's fine. This is I totally accept this. 49% is better than I thought I would do. God bless you, 06010 Nation. God bless you. There you go. The Fantasy Show is on ESPN+. Plus. Follow him on Twitter and Instagram, at Field Yates. Follow Donate. Daniel at Daniel Dopp or at Something to Break on the gram. And, of course, I am at Matthew Berry TMR on all forms of social media, with the exception of the Fantasy Life app, where I am literally at Matthew Berry, and people can slide into my DMs on the Fantasy Life app. For Field, Secret Squirrel, Keith, and Thirsty Kyle, I'm Matthew. Peace out! Turning numbers into dreams That's what he'll do Along with random Damien He's in Fields Group The deepest voice you'll ever hear From a man without a beer He's thirsty Geico presents Left Brain versus Right Brain. I've decided it's a sensible decision to switch to Geico. Okay, I feel you. We could save ourselves hundreds of dollars a year on car insurance. Oh, and then airbrush a Pegasus on the side of our hatchback. No, we will not airbrush a Pegasus on the side of our hatchback. We will reinvest that savings in a high-yield investment like a mutual fund. Oh, a Pegasus riding a jet ski playing a bass guitar. I cannot believe we share the same medulla. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.